Hi everyone, and welcome to this series of additional recordings intended to provide you with information on some other legal issues you may encounter while doing disaster recovery work. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Jasmine Johnson from Legal Aid's Domestic Violence Unit. So I'm Jasmine, I'm one of the lawyers in the Domestic Violence Unit. Our team is made up of a bunch of lawyers along with social workers and financial counsellors. And we provide advice and duty services to um, clients about a range of issues. So it's mostly family law and AVO related advices, but we also talk about a whole other range of matters that relate to domestic violence. Often they're really interlinked with the family law issues. What's the crossover between the DVU and general family law within legal aid? Yeah, so good question. Um, So the general family litigation unit will also do some limited advice, but they more focus on their casework. Um, So running matters for clients or more ongoing representation. A lot of the work we do is um, at duty locations. So we attend the family courts each day and we see clients on the spot who might need assistance. They might be in court that day. They might not. They might need something urgent drafted. Uh, We also attend local courts in the AVO lists and we give advice to women in the safe rooms. We do carry a small file load as well, um, but not like our colleagues in family law. So this um, podcast is for primarily civil lawyers who would be attending recovery centres and we want to give them the opportunity to know the referral pathways for family law domestic violence issues, um, but also give them a bit of an insight into the red flags that they might be looking for that might signify that there might be a DV problem going on. So I just wanted you to run us through some of those red flags that our lawyers could be looking out for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So obviously there's quite a wide variety of family law issues that crump can come up. Um, Family Law 101, please. Yeah. (laughs) And often they're not really obvious from the very beginning of the story, so you might have to delve a little bit. But the kind of a common category might start with some parenting issues. So often they'll mention things about their children being unsafe or they have other concerns. Um, They often might say that they're not allowing the other person to have contact with their children. That can obviously be a legitimate response sometimes, but they should really get advice about those sorts of decisions. If there's mentioning things like there's Department of Communities and Justice, they're called, but often clients will say docs or facts or any of the other names they've had before. If they're involved, if a caseworker's come to speak to them, if someone's made a report to them, that's a really crucial time that they get some advice. There could be quite long-term consequences from those sorts of things. Uh, Sometimes it's just them being uncertain about future arrangements. They're not sure what's going to happen with their kids. A big red flag would be if they're describing a high conflict relationship with the other parents. So if they're having a lot of trouble communicating with them, negotiating with them, those can be times when they do really need some help. Some really red flag things that might come up around that might be that they're making comments like they're worried about the other how the other parent might react or they might say something like, oh, it's just easier to go with whatever he wants. Or they might be saying, oh, look, I'm worried that the other parent is going to take them or keep them or you know, if they don't get what they want. So I guess that's not always the case, but they can be red flags for domestic violence sort of matters or really controlling situations. Sometimes it might just be that someone else is caring for their child and they seem unclear with what's going on or they're not happy with the arrangements and they need some help navigating that. So there's kind of a variety of parenting things that can come up. Another big area that we see is property and financial issues. So they might be 
unsure about their finances. And that's quite a big red flag. If they don't know where their own income or Centrelink is going, if they don't have access to their own money, that's something that we really need to look into. If they've discovered loans in their name that they didn't know about or that they didn't sign up to. Um, again, we really need to look into that if they're being chased by debt collectors, if you know their mortgage is overdue or they've been contacted by the bank. Sometimes it can be, I guess, less obvious things. It could be that they've just mentioned that you know they're not getting any child support or they're not getting any financial payments for their kids. Or it can be things like, you know, they've split up and they're still in the house, but the other person just keeps turning up unexpectedly. It's causing a lot of trouble for them, um, not being able to just have that safe space. So those are kind of, I guess, broader property and financial issues. And then there's probably a whole bunch of signs that relate to safety or what we would call power and control. So if they're describing a history of police involvement, um, if they're unsure what's happened, reports have been made but they don't know what's happening next. Sometimes they might not know whether there's an AVO or they might know there's an AVO but they don't know what the conditions are and that can really affect what they can and can't do with their parenting or um, other family law issues. Um, But, yeah, things like I guess if they're describing patterns of someone, the other person being quite controlling, that they limited the ways that they could communicate with other people if they kind of monitored things that they did or didn't do, that they kind of regularly had to check in with that person, they can be big red flags. If that person doesn't have a lot of social connections, they don't have family or friends for support, that can be a time when they also really need some advice and some help. And I think if there's been any sort of overt threats to harm, sometimes it's the person who's threatening to harm themselves, but that can be quite a way of controlling the person that you're seeing. Um, Another big one is pets being harmed. That's a common problem when people are separating. So any feeling of them being monitored or kind of harassed or intimidated in any way is probably a red flag to think, are there some other underlying issues there that we can look into? Because this episode is for disaster-specific clients, um, do you want to just talk us through a bit about how that came up for you in the bushfires of 2019-2020? Yeah, definitely. So we got a lot of um, referrals at that time for people with, in particular, parenting and AVO matters. Um, That could arise in a circumstance where, you know, with parenting, they might have had a completely fine arrangement before all of this. But now um, that's been thrown into chaos. They can no longer get to that changeover location that was agreed upon. They might have an AVO that restricts them contacting the other person or the other person contacting them. And so just sorting out an alternative is really difficult. They might need some help or some advice with that. Um, It could also just be the AVO itself that's a little bit confusing. It could have restrictions about um, them attending certain locations or being within a certain distance of where the other person is living. And if they're now living in um, an evacuation centre together, they will need some advice about what that might mean for them with the AVO and what steps they'll need to take to make sure that they're not going to be in breach of that AVO. So those are the sorts of advices that we saw coming quite regularly and were really appropriate referrals for us. Great. Thank you. That's a really, really good list of things to look out for. So if one of these issues is flagged by our lawyer sitting in the recovery centre, if it's a DV issue, that's quite clearly we can send that through to you. So let's talk firstly about the DVU referral pathway. Yeah, great. So 
we are very flexible about the way that we receive referrals from any of our colleagues. Um, we're more than happy for someone to give us a call. Our number is 9219 um, And we have an admin team who are happy to take all the details over the phone and kind of get back to figuring out who's the best person to help that client. As I mentioned before, we have people in different locations every day, but there's in urgent situations, there's someone that's available quite regularly to see people quickly as needed. Otherwise, we can book them into something that's more of, you know, a scheduled appointment. But if it's easier, we're also really happy to receive email referrals. Our email is just domesticviolenceunit, one word, at legalaid.nsw.gov.au. And you can include all the information in that. So if you've already taken a lot of information from the client, it's really helpful to just throw everything in because the client doesn't have to repeat it. It's a lot easier for them. And then when we're contacting them, we're not starting again. So, yeah, and we also have the same like referral form on the intranet. Um, It includes prompts of the sort of information that we'd want from you. But whatever is easiest, really, we're happy to receive the referrals anyway. And we will try and prioritize the urgent ones, Um, get back to them as soon as we can. Yeah. So if um, if you've got somebody in front of you who's probably, you know, potentially quite distressed or upset and, you know, you're not the specialist in this area and you're saying, okay, I can contact the DVU. What are you telling that client is a time frame, I guess, for someone getting in contact with them? Yeah. So we typically aim to respond to all clients within 48 hours. We may not necessarily, it depends what the circumstance is. We try and assess it. But as I mentioned, we have lawyers on the ground every day. So if a matter is urgent, we'll try and speak to them that day, if not the following day. But we'll always touch base with the client and let them know what to expect and to figure out all the, the safety issues. Like, do they want to text before we call them? Do they need a set time? Are they okay for any time? You know, do they need to work around pickups and drop-offs and things like that? Yeah, so, so that would be useful information as well for that civil lawyer definitely. to be putting in the email. Yeah, if you already knew all of that, that's really great because we can kind of figure out who would be best to help them. Yeah. Great. Okay, and if um, if it's not flagging as a DV issue or if it's just a family law issue that the person might need some general information or advice from, what's the family law referral pathway? Um, So there's a couple of options. Our colleagues over in the early intervention unit also do duty work um, each day. So they also provide a lot of family law advice in a similar sense that we do. Um, Their number is 1800 551 589. You can give them a call and do a similar referral that you would have done um, to us. Otherwise, you can contact your local family law office and check if they have appointments. Often a An entry point into those sorts of things is seen as law access, but if it's a client that you think might need that kind of actual one-on-one advice with someone, then I'd contact your local family law office and see when they have an advice appointment available. So if you're unsure about which is the best pathway for your client, um, feel free to send us an email and then we will have a look into it and sort out whether us or our colleagues in the EIU are the best people to help that client. Uh, We regularly talk amongst ourselves to make sure that clients get the appropriate service that they need. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jasmine. Uh, Thank you for talking to me today and we'll uh, hopefully have some referrals for you. Sounds wonderful. Thanks for having me.